I'm Michael Cordova and welcome to the 10th episode of Pod Perspectives, looking at performance, optimization, and diet. I just want to say a big thanks to our sponsors, Floating Point Float Center, for helping to make this possible. My guest this week is Bob Troyer. Uh, Bob is a technology entrepreneur and a leading voice in the quantified self and biohacking movement. We met in the Biohacker Summit in 2017 in Finland, and ever since then I've been trying to pin this guy down. Thanks very much, Bob, for taking the time to come on the show. Yeah, Michael, thanks so much for having me on. That's a pleasure, man. For those listeners who aren't uh, 100% sure on who you are, this is Quantified Bob. So Bob is into his quantified self and uh, self-tracking with with data and biohacking. So I guess for our listeners, Bob, it would be good if you could just give a quick overview in terms of what quantified self means to you. Sure. Quantified self is really about using technology, data, and self-experimentation to better understand and optimize ourselves. Uh, there's an organization, a global community of quantified self, uh, say, practitioners or people in the quantified self movement, and they define it as simply self-knowledge through numbers. Now, to some of your listeners, this may sound similar to biohacking, mm. you know, about optimization, but there, there, there's some slight differences. I think um, I often point this out that we're, everyone's trying to get to this sort of common goal of, of optimization, but biohackers may not all be really steeped in the data part of it they might be like i'm going to try 20 things and it i feel better so i know whatever i'm doing is working i don't necessarily need to isolate that um whereas on the quantified self side it doesn't consist of just health and wellness related metrics you can be measuring every part of your life whether it's finances behavior etc um so I, I do think there's a lot of overlap but they are in some in some of their own ways different on each side sure i mean it's something that i've well, probably more recently started getting into more i mean i recently did a an overnight float session and i I tracked all my heart rate variability pre-float post-float and then i tracked all my sleep data with with the aura ring during the session as well so it's good i mean i I wrote a little little paper about it so if you want to check it out have a look on our on our floating point website so i'm going to be giving a talk in about a week or so at the quantified self group in london so i'm kind of moving in that direction a bit more probably not to the same level as you have but yeah I i find it fascinating in terms of data and data analysis you know that's um kind of gets me gets me quite excited uh, in many in many ways but yeah i kind of want to know as well actually with, with regards to your self-tracking it you know at what point did you start self-tracking what was that trigger for you well i guess if you go way back i've just always been a really curious person uh from the time youth into the high school and the university i was looking at um ways to sort of improve performance i was an athlete uh so whether it's diet exercise and you know things like that we didn't have the tools we have today so back then i was using things like a stopwatch and a tape measure <laughs> pen and paper but you know trying to gain some of these insights um and see what things will help uh kind of move the needle in terms of uh performance and um, I, I also, from a young age, uh, was had been programming computers. So I, I was just always into technology. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of this marriage of having a curio- curious mind and the ability to sort of kind of write programs and software and tools. Uh, it, it, that sort of carried me through. And as I got older, we, we just saw, let's say, even in the last six, seven years, the advancements in what we can know, learn about ourselves just through wearables and other sensor data, where it's becoming very accessible to the average uh, consumer, you know, out, out of 
expensive labs, um, it's been you know really really exciting. And the types of you know and the advancements in science as well um, have allowed us to you know kind of really really dig deeper and 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 understand ourselves in ways never before possible. Uh, so for me, it was always about uh, not just this the curious mind and understanding myself better, uh, not necessarily going in to solve a problem, just trying to look at the data and say, oh, that was an interesting insight. But then you may apply it to things like per performance, and as I've gotten older, now looking towards longevity, and, mm. and how do you apply some of these same, using the same tools and pieces of data to um, kind of optimize in that direction. It's interesting because it's um, because obviously you can look at the optimizing set of various different things. So like you said to like previously, like an athlete, so obviously you can you can still apply a lot of these things to just your everyday living in terms of like you say longevity, increasing your uh, lifespan, or anything from I guess from like from like work or from working projects to to managing specific health conditions, right? Exactly. I, I mean, there's many different layers to it. Uh, obviously, some people go into it just from the the self kind of curiosity, learning about themselves. Some people get into this because they are trying to solve a particular. Um, or either optimize for something like performance or perhaps they have some health-related, wellness-related issues that they're trying to understand maybe what's going on, what, what are the variables that are involved into either what's causing something or what can improve that condition. At the moment, I guess it'd be interesting to know how many things that you, um, you're currently tracking and you know, where do you get the inspiration for, 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 the, for these tests? Sure. So I, I never, I'm never going to go out there saying I'm the most quantified person in the world. Sure. Um, I, I think the goal is, you know, we're trying to get efficiencies at the end of the day in our yeah, lives. Sure. We're not trying to make more work for ourselves. <laughs> so even though it may seem like I do track a lot of things, it's something I've, I've built up over uh, many years. Mm -hmm. So for example, there, there are many layers to it, like baseline sort of uh, I'll call this passive uh, data collection. Things like if you have wearables, it's kind of set it and forget it. It's collecting whether um, I look at it or not, but sure. it's always nice to have that data available if I need to go back and look at it. So things like location data, where I might want to go back and understand what I did the previous year. Um, so you have that. I, I also do, I have sensors, for example, in my bedroom. I, I, I look at my environment. So uh, in terms of air quality, temperature, humidity, all of that. Because uh, again, it's something that takes zero effort to, even if I only look at it once every six months, it's, you know, it's there. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, and then day to day, you know, we're, we're tracking things like you know, looking at our sleep, looking at our weight, body fat, uh, on a lesser, to a lesser degree, if I'm doing certain experiments, uh, I might be looking at glucose and ketones um, at different intervals. Uh, and then, you know, our blood pressure. Then we've got more like one-off data collection where we get more into the sort of medical or wellness side of things. You know, you might get a genetic test, DNA tests. Well, you know, you might just do that once, uh, whereas you may be looking at things like microbiome in your gut, which is changing kind of all the time more frequently. And see, uh, and then you have, you've got things like lab testing. So you're stacking all of these layers on, you know, on top of each other and, 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 you know, trying to dig deeper and deeper uh, in terms of what, uh, how they all relate to each other. That's really interesting. Oh, actually, there's one thing I want to, I did want to ask, actually. Obviously, with this kind of rise of implementation of 5G and 5G networks, what's your, what's your opinion on that? Sure. Well, that, I mean, that's a, <laughs> we've taken a bit of a turn here already, but, um, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah but, but, you know, I, I'm very aware, like, uh, in terms of the effect of external, let's say, electromagnetic fields in our bodies, whether, you know, I spent a lot of time optimizing, for example, my bedroom. I wanted yeah. to make sure that I spend, you know, let's say a third of my day <laughs> in sleeping. I want to make sure that I, I, I 
create an environment that you know I can do whatever I as much as I can on my own to proactively kind of optimize it. But if the environment around us, um, when you talk about five G, we're, we're we're talking about EMF from the standpoint of okay, we've got radiation coming from everything from uh, power lines to these higher um, frequencies where we're getting um, EMF from let's say cell phone towers and and all of that. 5G is now you're getting to what's called millimeter waves, which is it's like it's just a whole nother the way it all behaves and it we don't know yet we're not going to know for you know 20 years and what the effects will be, um, and I think it's one of those challenges where as it gets rolled out, I mean we're going to have within five ten years they're just going to be beaming it from satellites in space. I mean you're hearing about this already, so you know the we're just bathed in all this radiation all day. And so a lot of what I, biohacking to me is often as much about trying to keep my head above water, you know, like, okay, the, you know, you're being, all these stressors are being thrown at us all day. Sure. And so I'm trying to do not, not just to optimize myself, but also, you know, stave off as much as I can those environmental effects because we can't completely eliminate them unless, you know, you move somewhere remote, you know, away from any modern uh, living. I mean, we're quite. I guess we're we're based in the moment. We're sort of lucky because we're kind of a, a far enough away from, I guess, London when it's gonna when it will be implemented and things. So obviously, it will roll out, and it'll be interesting. I guess. Oh, it's a potential. I guess measure the effects of how of potentially measure the effects in terms of the EMF and radiation over over the case of the next couple of years. I guess and see see what kind of data comes out and what devices that will be um that we could use within our homes to sort of protect ourselves better i guess especially i guess when this when they say when we're sleeping because obviously we're going to be there in the home for you know a third of our time then you know that's that's massively important which actually um it kind of leads me on to the next point really which is for someone looking to start self-tracking and self-experimentation you know where should they begin so I know I've seen on your website as well and I've seen another one of your talks online that you talk about the minimum effective quantification so and that's for tracking three different things right do you can you go into a bit more detail about about that sure the the idea of minimum effective quantification is just a spin on this term minimum effective dose it's mm-hmm. kind of coming up with what what are the things that will give you the biggest bang for the buck uh, in terms of um you know, instead of, instead of like, you know, if 20 things will get me to be 100%, you know, if I can do three things and get to 95%, you know, I've, I've created a major efficiency there and gotten nearly the same benefit. Um, the, the talk you're referring to is one I gave uh, earlier last year, I believe. And it's um, it was the idea of showing people that, you know, you can take things to the extreme in terms of data collection and, and just all this crazy, you know, information, mm. but it, from a from just an overall general wellness and self understanding standpoint, there 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 are a handful of things that we can be looking at. One of them, for example, would just be understanding our, our blood glucose. Yeah. Uh, normally, we go get a, a medical checkup once a year. They take a reading of glucose and either say to us, "You're you're good, you're fine," or "Hey, you have diabetes." And and it's very like the the middle ground. You know, they don't really talk about that middle ground. But also, what you understand about it is when you start looking at your own glucose, you can do this with an inexpensive glucose meter. Uh, you can buy it at any, any pharmacy. Um, you start understanding that there's trends in that data. So you're taking, uh, when you go to a doctor for your lab test, they're yeah. drawing your blood draw. It's one point in time. And if you actually looked at it during 24 hours of the day, there's a lot of variability there. And so you may not be getting an accurate picture of what that really is. So they use a, they use a metric called um, A1 hemoglobin A1C, mm-hmm. which is um, it's kind of like a way to show an average of your 
glucose over the last three months. Okay. But but from an acute level, like just looking at your behavior, like what is my glucose when I wake up in the morning as a fasting glucose number, and that, that's very important to understand versus glucose after a meal or, or postprandial. And so there are ways to you can get a lot more insights about that. So I I feel like it's important to understand like. The, tr- the longer term trends as well as the, the sort of the more acute numbers and so that's one one area um, a second area is uh, we talk about stress and, and everyone usually when I talk to people the three things they say are I, I, I sleep terribly I <laughs> I have a lot of stress and I could and I could lose a few pounds and um, so with regards to stress and, and understanding our body's kind of fight or flight or stress response mm-hmm. uh, heart, heart rate variability is a super important metric uh, and I guess for those listeners who haven't heard of heart rate variability, it's it's the idea of our, our heart, our pulse rate, when our heart beats, it's not like if you're 60 beats a minute, it's not one second, one second, one second. There's a there's slight variability there. And that fluctuation, if it's like 1.01 second and 0.9998 seconds, it's, it gives us a sense of our body's uh, state, whether it's uh, sympathetic, which is more of our stress fight or flight response versus parasympathetic which is our recovery rest and digest um and and there's some simple tools and apps out there that allow us to do you know to record that very easily and um you know and that gives us insights over time and so i i use that as a nice daily marker of Mm -hmm. letting me know if it's a day i can train hard am i overtrained am i getting am i starting to get sick uh it can give you a lot of insights and then the uh another one Again, another passively uh, a passive tool to collect data would be uh, looking at your air quality in your home. Because again, I feel we spend all this time focusing on our bodies, right? And we're like doing a biohacking in our bodies and what we put in, what we eat, and all that. But people spend very little time thinking about the environment. And you touched on, you know, EMFs and five G, yep. uh-huh. and that's a super important part. But even just air quality, I mean, in our home, like you, you. Regardless of if you live in a, a city that's polluted or you know which is, is not ideal, but inside of your home it's yourself itself, where you're, you know you're sleeping, you're spending a lot of your time, just understanding kind of what's going on there. Um, you know, every home is already doing that. At least in the United States, we have carbon monoxide detectors in every home. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. like it's required by law, sure. and and that's for, because that's an odorless gas. It's like the silent killer, and can you know? So we, to some degree, we are doing that at the extreme. We're looking at something like as mm. like carbon monoxide, but we start looking at other things, you know, just in terms of is there is the, is the air dusty or there's um, is the air quality is is there is there other gases in the air that can maybe impact you know the the quality of the air we breathe or especially when we're sleeping. It's it's super important to understand. So, what do you use yourself at the moment then in terms of in terms of monitoring the environment? I guess at home. The simplest tool I have is a it's a little device called a Fubot. It's an air quality monitor. Um, I believe they're a French company, uh, and it's you just connect it. You plug it in. Uh, it's got a handful of sensors on there, and I can, at any given time, you can see the data real time on an app. Um, it has you know you can has has a light that you can that will light up if it's like the air quality's poor. But I just tur- I usually turn that off because I don't want any lights on in my bedroom at night. So I just um, have disabled that. Mm-hmm. But it's. Um, but you know, but but that gives you only one slice of the. It gives you a good good amount of information. But for example, it's leaving out other variables. With um, we if we want to talk later about sleep, um, you know, so you're getting the air quality piece of it, which is important. So I do feel it's like it's, it's a nice way to understand like like. It's, I live, for example, I live in New York City, and even if I have 
uh, my windows closed in my bedroom, I will still see air quality changing because some air gets in from the outside. Oh, so if, exactly. uh, if, if vehicles are driving by or whatever, that that's actually, you know, it will have an effect indoors. Well, okay. <laughs> there's like, there, there's, uh, there is a lot to, to, th- to think about, you know, in terms of our actual environment because a lot of us, obviously we're, we're told, you know, a lot of these uh, these days in terms of looking at obviously diets um, and then our own kind of fitness. But if the living environment you're in isn't healthy, then you know, like you're you're just making it. It's going to be you're making it harder for yourself, right? So you hence why you you want to yeah. kind of optimize and make sure that the environment is um, as healthy as possible. Um, so that all helps. And then yeah. So but we'll. I'll, I'll add the uh, the link to the to the device that you use at the um, uh, on our website at the end. So if anybody wants to to buy one, then yeah, we can uh, I can send them there. That would be cool. Um, but with because um, you mentioned we we touched upon like the heart rate variability aspect, um, and that's something. It's for me personally. It's one of the three key areas. Um, so sleep hydration for me and and heart rate variability so i wanted to kind of dive into those in some more bit more detail so we talked about the heart rate variability aspect but we kind of want to look at in a bit more detail so why for our listeners why would you say that tracking hrv is important and why is it important to you and is there anything that you've noticed specifically you know from the data you've collected in terms of tracking hrv so i don't know how, how long have you been tracking it for well, just to clarify one thing, um, you know, when I mentioned those those three items for minimum effective quantification, I was not I was not downplaying the importance of things like sleep and activity. I'm just assuming that someone would have some sort of already some path, a wearable or something yeah. where they're trying mm-hmm. that. So, so to go to heart rate variability, the importance of it is it's just proven to be such a great proxy to other parts of our well being. So I, I can tell whether I've had um, like go out go out and have some drinks and, you know, and drinks and the next morning, I guarantee you, your heart rate variability will be, be tank. If you travel yeah. like, for business, your heart rate variability is going to go down. It's, it's going to be, a, you know, you, it, you know, some of this might be obvious. You wake up being like, I don't feel that good. Sure. Like, so, but, uh, but I do think for like, you know, when you, as you get to things like whether you're an elite athlete or just someone who's trying to understand like, Hey, should I go work out hard today at the gym or should I just mm. do more restorative or some restorative yoga? It's a, it's a nice indicator. And it's a, it's a, it's a simple metric. It's a number that takes literally uh, a couple minutes a day. I mean, there's a few ways to track HRV. Um, you had mentioned like the aura ring mm. and what that's doing is it's recording your heart rate variability overnight while you're sleeping mm. and then giving you an average of the entire evening. Sure. Now, I have personally found that does that doesn't exactly mirror what if I had done a spot check every morning. So each morning when I wake up before I even get out of bed, I will also use another app or tool yep. that records about from a one to two minute recording of my heart rate variability. So I'm using a chest strap, or there's an app that will extract it off of uh, by putting your finger on your yep. smartphone yep. of yep. the camera, and and so that's kind of saying to me that's it's kind of saying what is my state right now when I wake up and that's the proxy I use for whether I go hard today or not whereas the aura ring is kind of giving you an average all night overnight so it can you can might tell you your average is really poor or really good but it's very you know what I want to know mostly is what happens when I wake up in the morning what's that number at the moment I wake up 
Um, and, and like, so this is one of the things with all these tools. Mm. I, I always look for, I don't put all my faith into any one device. And sure. I know this is, you know, it, there are some great tools out there, but you got to look for where there might be some inconsistencies um, or they're looking at a certain piece of data in a different way. So like even for sleep tracking, I'll, I'll have uh, a few devices on because I, I'll notice, for example, one just doesn't maybe correlates in some situations, but not in others. And, yeah. um, and I know that can be frustrating for people who just want that one magic tool. Um, but you know, but, but I tell people sometimes when I, I ask them how they slept and they say, well, let me go look at my data. I was like, no, how do you feel? Tell me how you slept. <laughs> like sometimes that's the best message. It's like, well, how do you feel? You know, do you feel refreshed? Do you feel, you know, like, did you, did you dream? Were you able to count your dreams during the evening? Like that, that gives, you know, gives me insight into sleep cycles. And, um, so I, I think, you know, we can, we can rely on technology for a lot, but sometimes you got to just go like, how do you feel? That's pretty much what I do. I mean, I've got the ring and I, and I trap my sleep so i found it kind of interesting that there's been occasions where my heart availability has been lower than it has been previously but in terms of the way i feel in the morning i feel great and even from the the actual data that it it, it's, it says oh, okay well i've got a high readiness score i've slept really well i know i've slept well i've, I've slept, all these things but then my heart availability it doesn't kind of match up and then i've taken same like readings in the morning so i've been using so and the other device I use is like I'll I'll use like heart math as well just to just to use that as part of my meditation first thing in the morning as well. So uh, that'll give me kind of an overall coherence score as well. So but yeah, yeah, generally I mean I won't necessarily check the data straight away when I wake up first thing. I'll um, I'll always gauge in terms of how I actually feel before then checking the data. That makes sense. So that way I I, I kind of. It's not the data dictating how I feel, if you know what I mean. It's kind of me going, okay, well, I feel this, and the, the data matches up, so that's fine. If not, then then obviously there's things I've, I'd have to look at in terms of the device, I guess, as well. But yeah, I understand where you're coming from, 100%, man. And then you say in terms of the HRV, in terms of like chest strap, is there any particular any particular brand or anything that you're using at the moment? Uh, I mean, there's a brand called Polar that has been making them forever, and those, that's, you know, I, I would consider those the, the, the most reliable um, reliable ones and so you know some people if you know you keep you keep it in the drawer next to your bed let's say you just put it on and you can take you know you can pair it to an app um but you you but if you don't want to do that there's other tools like hrv for training that mm-hmm. actually like will pull like you use your you just put your finger over the camera and they've actually built algorithms to look at the your actual um heart rate your pulse signal and extract in extract the hrv pretty accurately out of that going to put links up for this as well but uh the other thing i was looking to going to talk about is like hydration because i know you obviously do training and things as well and we do know even here in the uk i guess that water quality in general from our suppliers is, is pretty poor and obviously there's the issue with plastic bottles and the chemicals used in making them uh, and we know a lot of these chemicals you know possible endocrine disruptors obviously we know the man-made chemicals alter mimical block hormone production or the system that carries them which is which is pretty pretty shit to be honest so you know what can we do to make sure that we have you know good quality water in in our home and on the go and you know so what do you use for at home and then and for whilst training as well yeah so in our in our homes i mean even if you've got the most pristine municipal water supply i mean there's always going to be they're putting chemicals and things in there um but let's just let's assume that it was the best you have the best municipal water in the world i mean it's going through pipes and uh, you know all the way into your to your to your town and then it has to get into your home and there's so many places where things can seep into that supply right 
So mm-hmm. personally, I I avoid drinking any water out of my tap. Like totally, I will not. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and so uh, if, if and what I if I what I will do is I mean there's ways to filter it. So some people will have. Uh, an under counter, like a, a, a reverse osmosis system, where they're basically taking water in, ripping everything out of it. So you basically just end up with water that just has nothing in it, yeah. and then they'll have to add back in certain, like salt, some minerals, and things like that. Um, I use a, I, I mean, I do have in my refrigerator, a, a, there's a, a water filtration pitcher called Zero Water. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can, um, you basically, you can use tap water, pours in, it gets super filtrated, they, and it actually comes with a little meter. That you can measure the particle count in the water, and it should be zero, basically. Yeah. So it means it's taking everything out, but it also means that like it's it's dead. You know, it's essentially dead water. It's not like you're gonna get, you know, you could you'll get somewhat hydrated, but it's not yeah. like uh, water from like spring water or mineral water. So in a bind, like if I was having to make you know some tea or coffee, um, I could you know use a little bit of that. But day to day, if I'm drinking water, I'm I'm usually relying on uh, good you know high quality sources of spring or mineral water. Which uh, you know, and and depending on where in the world you are, there's there's all sorts of different brands. Um, obviously, when possible, avoid uh, plastic bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some brands here that bought, you know, they come in uh, glass bottles um, that are a little bit darker, um, which is one way you know one way to approach it. Um, you know, and, and even if you filter your water, you drink healthy water. One area people often forget is uh, they're still showering in the same water. <laughs> yeah. and, and um, the challenge there is you're breathing in. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're breathing in a lot of that same stuff. So I would look to invest in a, these are not expensive, uh, a shower filter that will kind of act the same way the water filters do. So if you're, you're going to bathe in this same type of water, you, you want to rip those chemicals out of it. Um, and so, yeah, so you want to look at it those ways. You know, and then when, you know, things like training, um, again, I, I try to just, always have a good quality uh, source of water on me or near me. That's good. Now, I'd say it's important. I've been recently testing out some other supplement, which is which is actually taken from, from the sea. You, you may want to have a look and check out. I don't know if you've heard of Cell Nutrition or their sister company is called Totem Sport. But basically, the within the seawater, because it's um, the way it's harvested, I guess, and it still contains uh, like 78 trace minerals and it's great for the hydration and i know a few people have taken it taken it daily and then have the headaches have gone or they've reduced kind of migraines and all that side of things and um but i 100 well um i find it really really works but um yeah man you should you should um, definitely check it out yeah i will and, and i mean you can go really deep on the water discussion i mean there you know there's people talking now about you know deuterium in water deuterium depleted water which is basically like we talk about um, heavy, they call it like heavy water. So like, mm-hmm. you know, we get into like mitochondria and how we, we produce energy. It's basically like there's sources that have even this higher quality of water usually coming from, I think, somewhere like glacial types of water. And so you'll probably hear like you'll see this word sprinkled around like deuterium and, and no one's really been able to, you know, there's protocols people are coming out with now for it. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where uh, it looks promising but it's very early to figure out like it, how how accessible can this be to the average person to get this into their um, their their lifestyle. You know, is it affordable? Is it accessible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's uh, I think that's the case with not everything, but there's certain things within the health and wellness industry that but it that are the same. You know, at the early stage and. It's just one of these things that's going to have to take time once technology either changes or the different processes they, they, that, are, that can be done 
then you know I'm sure I'm sure things will change and it'll be it'll become more accessible to a lot more people. Finally, we'll talk about sleep. That's quite a big that's quite that's quite a big one, man. And there's the whole ton of stuff out there. And I guess in terms of sleep for yourself, is there anything in particular that you like track yourself in terms of sleep wise? Well, tracking uh, obviously looking at my not just day to day, but my trends in terms of my total sleep the time I fall asleep, the time I wake up, the sleep stages I'm in. So I want to look at, especially for me, um, get, you know, getting adequate deep sleep. Mm. Um, you know, so there's, there are all those variables. And like I said, you can stack it down the road. Like if you've got other data points, I can see the effect of my environment on my sleep. So maybe, you know, I, I was having many disruptions during the night and maybe it was because my bedroom door was closed and I was building up carbon dioxide in the bedroom at some point, you know, because I was breathing all night and, and, and perhaps just opening the door slightly, let some fresh air in and improve sleep. Uh, and, you know, so there's, there are ways to sort of track all of that. Um, we, we covered a lot of it already in terms of, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, the, the sort of basic metrics of, of sleep. I mean, there's a lot of tools out there that you can use, you know, in, in terms of getting a sleep routine down or make, you know, what's going to sort of set you up for <laughs> hopefully more success. And uh, obviously, you know, eliminating blue light uh, sources late at night, uh, having that kind of coming up with a ritual the, the last few hours before you go to sleep to kind of block blue light, whether wearing, you know, blue light blocking glasses and, and, mm. and kind of staying away from electronics. And let's, but even if you're going to like watch them, uh, you know, if you're looking at a screen, make sure that you're filtering out those, you know, those wavelengths. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So I've heard, and I've started using doing like mouth taping as well, which I think is a great hack to help you sleep better. And I've been using it to great effect, to be honest with you. And is that something that you've you've dabbled and looked at, or um, yeah, what, what what are your opinions on that? Yeah, it's been pretty. Uh, it's actually been a pretty dramatic um, sleep hack. I mean, just for a small piece of tape that costs not much money. Uh, I mean, the concept. Is you know it's it's scary you know you see pictures of people taping their mouths and I've probably posted some and people are like it looks like this freaky like you know some horror movie or something but it um essentially what it's doing is it's it's retraining ourselves to force nasal breathing while we're sleeping and right. and people think you know they get all scared they're like well I've got nasal issues I'm gonna suffocate um but it, it's just a small piece of tape that would actually can you know if you something happens or disturbance during the night you, it'll come off the tape will come off but um. But the idea is that for me, the, the thing I noticed was during the night, um, and this is uh, uh, something I've noticed over the, over a few months before doing mouth taping, I, I would have lots of small disruptions during the night. So I didn't have like an apnea, like a real apnea, but I had I had something going on where I was waking up, you know, disturbances like, like you know, many tiny, tiny ones instead of one, you know, it wasn't like waking up. I didn't even I didn't even realize I was having these disruptions. Mm. Um, I would also wake up in the morning, use kind of with a dry mouth and, and some nasal congestion. Uh, so once I started mouth taping, well, because your mouth shut all night, you're um, maintaining moisture in, in your mouth. Um, you're breathing through your nose, and so you're actually producing more nitric oxide. We, we produce a, a significant amount of nitric oxide through nasal breathing in our body, um, and that has benefits in terms of. Of keeping our nasal capacity, it actually has all these. Uh, they've proven, I guess, effects on improved memory, uh, better kind of mood, and mm-hmm. tied to anxiety, depression, things like that, and, and the immune system. So, it's one of those things where breathing all day when possible, um, and 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 for a lot of people that had just had a tendency to open, if you're opening up your mouth and breathing through your mouth, um, I, I just feel like. Nasal breathing for me has uh, has really uh, sleep improvement. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've done it, and my wife started doing it. I think my wife kind of enjoys the fact that I do it because I probably talk a lot, <laughs> and it's a double bonus for her, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been telling a lot more, speak to a lot more people about it as well, and people have been started doing it. Yeah, it, it definitely works, hundred percent. But actually, I, the other thing I want to quickly talk about just before we come on to our final section is that I see you've also created or co-created an app as well for mule tracking called Awesome. So can you tell can tell our listeners a bit more about it, what the benefits are uh, and where they can find it? Sure. Uh, so Awesome just came about out of a, a personal need. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jeremy Gallian and myself, he's a fellow biohacker. We just wanted a like there's there's some tools out there that will do meal tracking down to like every little nutrient and calorie and you know and it and, and yeah, sure I'll use that once or twice a year just to kind of do a gut check to see where I'm if I'm dialed in still on things but I find for especially for people I've, I've worked with whether it's coaching or you know helping out or advising uh, they they get overwhelmed even just tracking that level of information becomes just a burden and they, they stop using it compliance goes down mm-hmm. and I was I just wanted something to better understand. In a very simple way, my behavior, like eating, we're doing things now like times restricted feeding and intermittent fasting, all of that. Uh, so what we built was just a simple tool that it's a photo-based meal tracking app that displays on on a, uh, essentially a timeline your meals uh, day by day throughout the week. So you can scroll through and you can start to identify very simple trends. Like you know, okay, I always have those two cups of coffee in the morning before a certain time. You'll see an outlier like, oh, I ate that ice cream at you know 10 p.m. last night. What was up with that? Um, and so for me, it was I just wanted something simple because you can extract a lot of information just out of a photo. Um, and 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 I and we kind of went, we developed it from the standpoint of like if you know if it's something my parents can't use and it's too complicated. So we you know we there's a million features we people every day are like can I do this can I do that and we're like no right now it's the focus is just doing one thing really well and very simply. Um, and so, you know, this is coming from a guy who tracks a lot of things. And I'm trying to say, like, I want to make it very easy for people. Um, I want to make, you know, I want to make uh, get, you know, opt- health and wellness very easy for people. Because I think there's too much, like, there's a lot of great tools out there and a lot of, but they're, they just for the average person, it's like, you know, very complicated. Yeah. Um, and so Austin just became, it was just a, you know, a tool that we built. I mean, again, we're both, I have a technology background as did he, so we were able to kind of roll up our sleeves and get away coding and, and um, you know, we, we just kind of built it. Um, and so, yeah, the app is called Awesome. Uh, you can, uh, it's, it's available for Android and iOS, so just search any, either of the app stores yep. for, uh, you have to probably type in like Awesome Meal Tracking, because Awesome is a very generic word, I realize, okay. but, or you can go to is just, or, yeah, or is just awesome.com, be like the website, and there's links to both of the um, stores from there, and it's free, so anyone can use it, you know, and um, love to hear anyone's feedback on it. Oh, yeah, don't worry, well, um, as soon as I post it up, I'm sure, I'm sure our, uh, our biohacking community friends guy here will, um, they'll be on it and testing it, don't worry, don't worry, they'll, um, they'll get feedback, don't worry, <laughs> it'll be good. Okay, awesome. Yeah, it's, <laughs> no all <pun> <laughs> yeah so, it's all awesome man trust me it's all good so I kind of want to move on to our final section really which is a bit more focused I guess on optimization really and I'd like to know this what are your three recommendations for someone who wants optimal physical health there's three specific things that people should either cut out of their everyday life and diet or they should be doing what what three things would you recommend well, I'd say if we're talking optimal mental and physical health, um, these are probably things that are, you know, let's get away from some of the data and all the yeah. geeky technology and all of that. 
uh, I, I think being being very social, finding you know, kind of finding like-minded people. We will often say finding your tribe. I think social bonds and having social connections like has an immense effect on our overall well-being. It just mm-hmm. gives, that just trickles down into your mental state, your physiological state. Um, you know, there's no point even if you're the healthiest person in the world. If you're lonely, um, you're probably not going to have a very long life. Um, so I, I think that's super super important. And I think you know what's great about these communities, you know, or that once you can sort of latch on and, and find them is you're realizing, wow, you know, you build all these great friendships. And I mean, I, you know, I, I look at my closest friends today and mm. they've all come, you know, majority of them have come through these, these worlds, yeah. which has been great. And it's so fun to just, you know, kind of find people that I can, you feel like you're a part of something while you're, while you're, you know, you're, you're making yourself more optimal, but you're also yeah, like, you know, connecting with these people. Um, the second one I'd say is, uh, you know, again, with regards to technology and modern living, um, you know, getting out in nature, uh, I think we need to make sure we, you know, get access to, if we can get access to good water and, and air and, and be out in nature, it's it's just a nice reset um, for, for us, you know, especially those of us that live in, in like urban environments mm-hmm. where we don't, you know, if you live in the country, then, you know, you're, you're already halfway there, but, um, yeah. but for those of us that, you know, live, because it's modern living, I mean, you need to reset, you need to get out of it periodically, and I, and I do feel um, like even if it's like a short vacation, like or holiday, you go, you know, it's a winter time, and I go whether it's snowboarding mm-hmm. or getting down to go somewhere on a beach just for you know to kind of unwind. It, it just resets me so so well. Um, and then I guess lastly, and I guess this would you know tie into sort of what your, your background. Um, yeah, I think there's a whole element of self care, mm-hmm. um, recovery. So these are you know we talked about meditation, um, things like um, I think you know floating is a you know, some people have this profound, you know, tremendous experience, even like the first time or the 10th time they've done it. And it's a reset for them. You know, things like massage, sauna. Uh, I, I do think like you need to give yourself time to recover because I think we're all like a lot of people are these like A types. I want to go out there and conquer the world. And, and that's great. But then you're wearing yourselves out in the process. And I think you need to give yourself time to, to reset. And, you know, and, and self-care is super, super important. Awesome. <laughs> uh, excellent. So finally, I want to know what three rules that you live by. So what are the three things that like your three pillars, basically? Uh, yeah, I guess I'll put it in the context of, you know, biohacking and self-quantification. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. The first one is just don't overcomplicate things. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it, I, I, I see this all the time. You know, people, they, they maybe dip their toes into this world of biohacking or self-quantification. Mm-hmm. They see some Hey, I'm you know maybe I felt amazing. I drank some coffee with some healthy fats in it. I feel amazing. And then they say, okay, I want to do everything now. And they're 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 taking you know they're whether it's nootropics and that technology. They're buying. They're spending tons of money on all this equipment, and it just becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And and they, and we've mentioned earlier that you know biohacking the. The word hack in there is meant to mean it's it's a shortcut and optimization. So you're trying to not create more work for yourself, yeah. um, and you want to make sure you know you want to trade off the benefits of you know what's going to get me there with the least amount of effort. Um, so I would say you know don't overcomplicate things. Uh, the second is understand what you're optimizing for. Uh, so sometimes it you know maybe someone isn't necessarily optimizing to start. They just want to understand themselves better. But then they might say, oh, well, I'm really looking for uh, performance. You know, I'm an athlete or uh, I've got some health issues, and so it's more wellness-related, um, or even longevity, because those are going to dictate the approaches you take, or what things you might want to focus on at mm-hmm. any time more than others. Um, there may be more short-term um, things you're optimizing for. Maybe you're uh, someone is trying to train for an event, you know, and there, there's a date they know they want to be peaking at that point. 
Uh, whereas, you know, if someone who's training for longevity, well, if you really want to be lo- live, you know, live a long time, you can't be doing uh, Tour de France races every day. It's like it's like sure. understand that. Um, you know, and and then I, I you know I think the third is really just what we just discussed about the three things. I mean, uh, um, we're, biohacking for a lot of us is just trying to allow us to overcome the effects of modern living. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's trying to replace. You know, it's not. It shouldn't replace nature. It shouldn't replace things. But we're trying to create ways to you know, kind of deal with the stressors and 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 just all the things that life throws at us. So I I do think we still need to be able to disconnect, get outside, get out in nature, and. and um, you know, don't don't let the technology and all of this be a burden. Um, you know, these are all tools um, for us, but you know, but they shouldn't be uh, really, you know, <laughs> just like this overall. You know, make it burdensome and, and just make more more work for ourselves than than is needed. Yeah, simple is beautiful, man. Uh, thanks very much, Bob, for for being with us today. It's it's been an awesome. Awesome pleasure for you uh, being on the show and sharing your knowledge and improving physical and mental health through self-tracking. But um, if our listeners want to find out more information on, on what you do, where can they go? Sure. So I write about a lot of my adventures and sort of self-tracking and biohacking at quantifiedbob.com. And uh, no surprise that uh, you can also find on Instagram, Twitter, etc. cetera, uh, just quantified Bob. Uh, you know, and, and, I, and actually, like, Instagram is probably a little more of, like, kind of fun little day-to-day things. I, I show kind of experiments or hacks in yep. progress or things I come across, whereas my blog is more uh, long-form, like I've really written yeah. up some, some, you know, these experiments. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, anyone, feel free to drop me a line. Uh, happy to always answer uh, any questions or at least point you in the right direction awesome thanks bob so much for being on the show man it's, it's taken a while to get hold of you but um i'm so glad we did and yeah there, there's plenty of useful information there and there's some great links that we will put uh, on our on the website in the for the podcast info uh when to put out in the next week or so but yeah bob thanks so much again take and for taking the time out to to talk to me today yeah thanks again michael it's been a, it's always a, a pleasure Oh, good. You look after yourself, Bob, and I'll um, I'll speak to you very soon. Okay, great. Thanks. Have a good one. We have some great guests coming up on our future podcast. Follow the show on SoundCloud or iTunes as Pod Perspectives. We are also on Facebook, where we'll put all the links we've mentioned in the show. Thanks for listening. I'm off to create a spreadsheet for my data tracking. Until next time, take care and stay healthy. Mm-hmm.